0: Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxalaner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.
1: I'm Vienna Farron, a licensed marriage and family therapist. This is a show where I speak with anonymous guests every week about challenges they're facing. We're strangers up until the point we sit down with one another. And I have to tell you, it's actually really challenging to go in without much information or relationship. So every time I sit down with a guest, I'm hearing their story for the first time, and I'm working really hard to create some sense of safety and wanting us to accomplish something, but without forcing it or leading them to a particular outcome. Even though what you listen to in this show is not actually how I work with my clients, it's pretty incredible what a one-off conversation with someone you don't know can lead you to. I'm the author of the national best-selling book, The Origins of You, which explores how to break family patterns so that you can liberate the way you live and love. What I have found time and time again is that the unwanted patterns in our lives today are really unresolved pain from the past trying to grab for our attention. If we can be brave enough to face these patterns, a lot of beautiful healing work can happen. That's why the show is named This Keeps Happening, because who hasn't said that once or twice before to themselves? I hope what you hear today helps you as you go through your own journey. Sometimes learning through other people's stories is a beautiful invitation to learn about our own. Our guests are anonymous, Names and other personally identifiable details within their stories may be changed or excluded. Conversations with participants are limited consultations. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It is for informational purposes only. Today I'm speaking with Michelle and Dan. Those are their aliases. Like many couples, they struggle to communicate, especially when one of them is struggling with something. The recurring dynamic that they're presenting with is that when Michelle is upset, Dan feels completely lost in how he can help. Because he hasn't felt successful in all of his attempts, he winds up shutting down. And because Michelle has begun to feel like there's no room for her full range of emotion, which is really familiar for her um, in the way that she grew up in her family system, she winds up shutting down too. It's just in a different way than the way that Dan does it. He wants to fix, solve, and solution, and it's just not what she needs. Without question, if you love someone, of course you want to help relieve them of their pain, of their struggle, whatever it is that they're dealing with that's so uncomfortable. But this race to relief is blocking something so important for both of them. We begin the conversation trying to understand why this pattern keeps happening. You've done any couples work before? We have. Okay. How Are you in it right now? No. Okay. And anything from the couples work that's been helpful or is there like still a pattern? that Still a pattern. Okay. T- maybe tell me a little. 100% a yeah. pattern. You want to tell me a little bit. I want to hear from both of you what your perspective of that pattern is because I imagine you might have maybe slightly different takes of mm-hmm. it, but also just your own personal experience of it. So do you want to start or...
2: What is our pattern? We do not communicate well. I think the pattern of our relationship is when things are good, like when I'm in a kind of good frame of mind, things are going well, we're fine. As soon as I kind of hit like a emotional time in my life or something I'm struggling with or anxious about or whatever, everything falls apart. Our communication is terrible. I don't think Dan knows how to support me it's usually trying to talk me out of how i'm feeling which i've realized is not helpful and like i end up still feeling alone mm-hmm. not supported not heard not understood and i f- then feel pressure to get to like a good place so that things can get back to being good between us
1: okay when i add anything to that what feels right about that what feels different in your experience about that
3: i mean what she's describing is you know completely right mm-hmm. that definitely is a that's definitely a pattern and and i i will completely agree like I said at, at times in the past i i am more like anxious to want to change you know anxious mm-hmm. to want things to get back to being i'll say it's not typically like a problem between us you know it's not like we have an, an issue or something like that it's just like there might be something that michelle is struggling with that you know, all of a sudden it just like the whole dynamic changes. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I get home from work and it's like the energy level is different. And I mean, through time, through therapy and things like that, the thing that I've realized is that like, you know, what happens is that I just get really lonely. Mm -hmm. My goal in wanting it to be better is just for the fact that I just feel like, I just feel alone.
1: I feel alone when she is struggling with something.
3: Yeah. I'll say I've tried many things over the years to mm-hmm. to try to better the situation, to try to to try to not feel alone. Mm-hmm. And it's like if I, you know, try like explaining things, which is probably my my default, mm-hmm. you know, over-explain or overdo whatever, or kind of go back to like just the concrete, easy things. Yeah, um, that has never gone well. If I try like mm-hmm. just kind of like being there and like listening, that doesn't seem to go well. If I just if I try to say things positive, like mm-hmm. there's like a fight back of like me being too bad. Like, so I just, so I just feel a little lost sometimes because I try many different like things and, and nothing seems to work. And I kind of get argued back on anything. I mean, the trying, we're not trying.
1: It's interesting because so far you're, what you're describing is that when you are moving into a place where you feel like you're struggling, there's something that happens internally for you, right? There's a intolerance for what she's experiencing because it moves you into a place of feeling alone. That's what you said. And so, of course, right, if you are feeling alone, your goal for self is to not feel alone. It just moves you right into this individual lane, right, which is like, uh uh-oh, like, alert, Right? Something's going on in her that's hard for me, probably because I love this person and I care about this person. And it's hard for me to see this person struggling and I don't want you to struggle. And I'm also having my own individual experience of this, which is that the moment she moves into struggle, you move into feeling alone and you move into loneliness, maybe. Right? And loneliness doesn't feel good for any of us. No. Right? And so, immediately, right? I have, how do I get out of my loneliness? And sounds like right now, at least the ways in which you have tried to get out of your loneliness are in direct conflict, probably of what you need. And I mean, I think what you're describing is a desire for connection again right so if i am feeling lonely if i am alone i don't want to feel this way i want to feel connected to you again somehow and likely i want to feel connected in the good ways right that like let's how do we get out of the sadness or how do we get out of the anxiety or how do we get out of the the struggle so that we can get back to where things are whatever pleasant nice easy calm regulated some version of that does that feel right?
3: Uh, for the most part, yeah. yes. I mean, obviously, that's what everybody wants. But I'll say, uh, but even different from that... Can you rephrase that, though? Like, I don't really care about everybody. whatever oh, yeah. 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 No, I mean, yes. It's what my, you want. My goal, of course, would be that I just want my life to be easy and everybody to be happy and, and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I would want that, of course. But I, I don't mind if it's not. I don't even mind if it's negative. It's the disconnection. That's the real thing. It's mm-hmm. not, it's, I don't need, I don't need Michelle to be good. I don't need her to be, I don't need whatever, but she has a tendency to pull away. But anytime there's an mm-hmm. anxiety seems to creep in or whatever, like it's not a, hey, you mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm really struggling here. I need my family. I need my team. I need to, you know, I'm, I'm going through something like, and get, gets us closer. It's, I'm dealing with something and I'm going over here and this is the only way that and everything Mm -hmm. has to be, you know, very, I don't know.
1: I can't feel you. And you might have a different uh, perspective of this, but what you're saying is I can't, I can't reach you. Yeah, I can't find you. I can't feel you. I can't reach you. And so, right, it doesn't need to be rainbows and butterflies and sunshine and you know, all of that. I, I just want to be connected to
3: you through the positive struggle. or negative. Like I said, I have no problem yeah. with the negative. I just, you know, as long as there's a, a connection, uh, I don't know, she seemed to push me away. Okay.
1: When I was speaking before, you're you, you started to get emotional and I'm curious what was coming up for you as I was describing what I was hearing him say?
2: Well, I guess I got emotional because it's like I felt like you were spot on. Like, of course, when I'm struggling with something, I want to feel connected to my husband, too. Mm. I want to feel supported, heard, understood. And I think as you were talking, that was what I experienced. Like, he's like, I need this to go away Mm -hmm. I'm not okay when you're not okay. And I need this to go away. And that's exactly what I feel. Mm -hmm. So then I don't feel like I have space to not be okay, to be human, to be struggling with something. And I obviously don't purposefully push him away. But the response that I get when I go towards is not comforting and sometimes makes me feel worse, like there's something wrong with me for having feelings. And so I pull away to try and pick myself back up until I feel like I'm a, in a space where he will be okay with the state that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. You heard, heard her say she wants to be connected, too. Mm-hmm. You believe it?
3: Yes. I believe a hundred percent, I believe the connected. I think the pattern that I see is not like, is that there's rules that come with the connection. I'll say when anxiety creeps in or anything else like that, there's a lot of like, I don't know, things that are said that like, things have to be a certain way, like have to be this, have to be that. No, it has like, um, with
1: you or like the surroundings
3: probably both Hmm. um but definitely with me like if i don't you know for for there's no way for me to have an opinion like i can't in those situations i can't have my own opinion or i can't have my own thing or i can't not Mm -hmm. completely agree with whatever's going on like whatever she's feeling in that moment that's her truth Mm -hmm. and that's that's what she believes and if i don't completely agree with that or completely agree with what's going on then there's a lot of like anger and kind of the pulling away and I and so like I said so sometimes I just kind of say I've tried like kind of saying like nothing and just being like oh I know I'm sorry you've you've, you know I'm really sorry you feel that way and then she just kind of looks at me like wait what you don't agree with me or you know these different things just seem to happen once again like just trying you know different ways to kind of just be there for her Mm -hmm. and like understand that she's struggling with this or whatever waiting and it's just it's just met with such force on the way back
1: do you know what you need in, in that space? Because you're talking about like, okay, maybe I'm I just, I'm here, I'm going to listen, I'm not going to insert anything, okay? I am going to insert some things and tell you how I feel about it, right? Like, So there's a wide range of different ways in which you have tried to show up in that space, and uh, from your point of view, they have all pretty much failed. So I'm curious what feedback you can give on that, like do you know, and maybe it's different each time, but do you know what is available in those moments when you're struggling, with it? It's the anxiety or something else that's presenting. What do you actually want, need from him?
2: That is the problem. I'm not sure that I know. Yeah. I know that for like a short period of time, we were trying, we, we were trying different things. We've tried a lot of different things. And like something that we've learned is like joining me. Mm hmm. And if it's if it feels authentic, then that is very good mm-hmm. because it's just seeing me for where I'm at with my experience or my emotion or whatever I'm feeling. And it's not like Dan gets stuck on the agreeing or not agreeing. Like if I'm like, I feel really left out that I didn't get invited to that girl's mm-hmm. night, and I think I should have been invited because those are my close friends, and I feel hurt. Mm-hmm. And if he disagrees, It's like it's not agreeing or disagreeing. Mm -hmm. I feel hurt, and I want my husband's support. And I think he gets tripped up on, I think my wife is acting irrational right now, and I need to tell her why she's irrational and why she shouldn't be upset and why she shouldn't be hurt by these friends. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel invalidated and alone and not supported and whatever. But I think the problem is, just the difference between like whatever I'm feeling mm-hmm. and him not agreeing. I
1: would love to journey back a little bit to understand more around what I would call our origin stories when it comes to what emotions and big feelings and all of that looked like for us outside of this relationship? Okay, what was it like for us growing up? How did people share their emotions? How did they not? How did people respond to our emotions? How did they not? I'm really curious if there's anything there that you think stands <laughs> out to both of you. You're like, yeah, A uh, lot. for sure. Because I, I part of that feels really important for this conversation, too. I think sometimes when we're like, okay, how do we solve or fix this moment? And oh, yeah, join her when she's feeling it's probably going to be short-lived and not get us very far so I'd love to understand the underbelly of this of like yeah what was my role as a kid as a teenager even maybe past relationships that have feel important and meaningful in your life story so all right what's on the
2: table for (laughs) each of you with this I have struggled with dealing with my own emotions for much of my life. Recently, in the past, like, year and a half, through the help of a therapist realizing that I was raised by a narcissistic mother who had no emotional understanding of herself, um, understanding of me, other people, and every single emotion that I ever experienced was invalidated and just needed to go away because yeah. my mom didn't have any skills in knowing how to navigate mm-hmm. sadness, anger, upset, anything or just be attuned and I for my whole life I thought what's wrong with me? I just cry for no reason mm-hmm. and I I just feel this flood of sadness and like it literally was just recently that I've kind of figured out like Connecting the dots of Mm -hmm. what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? And just learning that it's okay. Yeah. Being Mm -hmm. more compassionate with myself.
1: As a kid, what did you learn to do with the emotion, right? Mom didn't have capacity for it, didn't know how to be with it, right? So what did that then push you into?
2: I used to... Like, hide under my bed alone and cry mm-hmm. until I felt better. Mm-hmm. Or just hide in my room, yeah. cry in my bed until it kind of passed. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So a bit of that, like, let me go isolate myself because my bed or under my bed is a safer place for me to be than around people. Yeah. I know that this is not new for you. I'm sure you've heard this before, but you just, you know, reached your arm out, and I'm curious what comes up for you when you hear her and see her feel emotional in retelling this?
3: I just, I feel I feel terrible, I feel alone like that, to feel like the, yeah. you're just, whatever. I have heard that story a lot, and yeah. like that's, that's extremely sad, mm-hmm. you know, to hear, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, just crying under your bed is the only thing that you have, and mm-hmm. being that I know Michelle's family and mm-hmm. every, everything. I I just I can see it. Yeah, I can see that as the uh, <laughs> you know the only the only option in that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we look for the familiarity parts, right? You're not like her mom, and there's still a part of the dynamic where uh, we haven't figured out how you can be with my emotions in a way that feels supportive or soothing or connective or, 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 or. And then what happens is in our own adult way, like, I guess I'm assuming you don't go under the bed at <laughs> no. this point in your life. <laughs> I, but,
2: not. Um, I usually go for a walk. Uh-huh. I get out into nature. Yeah. Clear my head. Yeah. If right.
3: an open bed.
2: If you, if right. <laughs> we could, we could, if we could create something <laughs> for you. Right. But
1: right. It's like this part that kind of moves in the same way. In a similar way, you don't know how to be with my emotion in the way that I need you to and we need to figure out. And so I'm going to move away from this. Okay. For you, growing up, tell me a little bit about emotions, big feelings. Was there space for them? How did people connect to them, not connect to them?
3: No. Yeah. No feelings. No No feelings. No feelings
1: at all. Did anybody present them or everybody kept them behind have, the lock. Keep,
3: keep it on the lockdown
1: okay yeah. and we keep it on the lockdown because
3: so my yeah my, my upbringing is more like my dad was just super sweet guy but uh it was just like a pushover to my mm-hmm. mom you know he just he worked really hard and just did his thing and whatever but really just never had his own yeah there was no yeah. real you know no backbone there yeah and uh so he was just kind of just went along and I, I, over the years I guess I kind of could feel his sadness mm-hmm and uh my mom was more uh was was a closed book Mm -hmm. you know i mean no emotion at all um she definitely i know that her dad passed away when she was younger but i honestly i don't i don't even know the stories of why Mm -hmm. she has a big disconnect from her family Mm -hmm. and so i don't really know that side of my family at all and in in general i just have such a small family because of a lot of that and uh so it's like once again i would never i would never know i'd never know why any of these things happen Yet, if you were to say, like, you know, how you doing? You know, whatever. Like, everything's, oh, everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's great. And it's all very much like a a show, I'd I'd say. And then, you know, it was a show. It was just like, it was just fake. Everything's lovely and great. And then until, like, something didn't kind of go her way. And then it was, like, very much an explosive, like, blow up. Mm -hmm. Push those emotions down until they explode.
1: We're going to take a short break.
3: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you
0: put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Brick responsibly. you reported by Crown & Port, Chicago,
3: Illinois.
1: As a kid, as a teenager, around that when the explosions would happen, what did you, what do you remember sort of noticing within your own self? What, would you take on a role? Would you try to, did you get away from her? Would you try to help calm mom down?
3: Yeah. A little bit of everything. Like, you know, if it was oftentimes it would be like my brother, you mm-hmm. know, that would be causing like the emotion, whatever. So then like, okay. you know, yeah, I think I, you know, tried to be more like the support system. Okay. If I was the one causing it. And then like, as I kind of got older and stuff like that, I kind of realized the irrationality of like some of the things or Mm -hmm. what's going on. And then like, yeah, I just, then I just more like kind of separated myself. Mm -hmm. Like I always kind of was, I was pretty independent or at least Mm -hmm. independent of my thinking when I was very young. You know, I knew I kind of wanted to do, be more educated in my parents. I wanted to do more things. I kind of try to change the person that I was from like a younger age. And after a while, when I realized that that wasn't Helpful to me, like I kind of d- did separate myself a little bit from that.
1: Mm-hmm. How did you see, I, I know you said before that not much of a backbone in your dad, really sweet guy, really hardworking. I'm curious how he would respond when mom would have the big bursts.
3: Just to placate her, just just do what do what she is to just get through this.
1: Yeah. I know it can be hard to share our judgments of people that we maybe care about and, and love, but I am curious what your judgment of your dad is or was growing up what did you need from him
3: no i mean i i love my dad like i said Mm -hmm. i I really i had a i eventually once i started to see these things for what they were Mm -hmm. like once you reach a level in your life where you can see these things like i just i felt pain for him Mm -hmm. like i could see the loneliness i could see Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like just him not and him because he was he was a good guy and a fun loving guy or whatever but that was just like totally Mm -hmm. muted because of my mom and and her you know her kind of feelings but he was the one that did give me like the I don't know it's hard to say but even like I would even say like emotional support and he would never probably see it that way or anything Mm -hmm. else like that but the fact is like I could just sit with him like we could just sit on the front porch and just talk about little things in life sometimes and like you know and I'm not I'm not talking like wasn't like a kumbaya moment, and mm-hmm. like everything else like that. But I just, I always knew I had him and mm-hmm. he was the one that eventually like, he was really proud of me. Mm-hmm. Every single thing I did in life, you know, he didn't do well in school. I think he was, you know, he thought he was, you know, I think he saw himself as dumb, but he was actually, I think just had um, ADD or, you know, whatever it was, but.
1: There's a lot of beautiful parts to this relationship. I can feel that from you, how much you really yeah. care and appreciated a lot was- of what two of you shared.
3: Yeah. He was just very, like, I was, I never seemed like I was good enough for my mom, I'll say, mm-hmm. but with my dad, like I said, he was just like, always just amazed at like, wow, you're doing so well in school. You're doing so mm-hmm. well with this. I, I used to have my own businesses and, and did everything like that. And he just, he really respected that. And then marrying Michelle and kids and stuff like that. He was just always so proud, proud of, of everything.
1: Okay. You gave me a lot of the good stuff, which is great. <laughs> um, and, and I love that. I also want to hear your answer to what I needed from him was. What I wished he would have is what. It doesn't have to be in relation to you either. What I really needed him to do was.
3: What I really needed him to do, I don't know. I mean, like, once again, I don't know, I feel like it's the same answer, but like, yeah, what I really needed him to do was actually to To be his own person and to feel confident about what he, you know, the things he did and more or less stand up to my mom a little bit.
1: Uh Stand up to her how?
3: Have his own opinion. He -hmm. had good ideas. He had good things. He had things that would have made our lives different or better or anything else like that. But he just default to her her and what, what she thought. And it was like, I think we missed out on that.
1: You described and and could connect to his sadness and his loneliness. And I, I don't know if your dad ever really shared. It sounds like your mom sort of had these outbursts and maybe some of the stuff came forward in those moments, even though most of the time status quo was like, we don't talk about things. Your dad's loneliness or sadness, I imagine, was not a big topic of conversation in terms no. of him sharing that <laughs> with her. Yeah.
3: No, we never shared with her. And yeah. I mean... I don't know if you ever shared it with me. In fact, just inferred and just kind of you yeah. just see it.
1: So I'm, I'm a little curious then about how you bring yours forward in this relationship. So far, we've talked about how Michelle brings her stuff forward and maybe the focus has been, okay, how do we support her? And how do we respond differently, et cetera, et cetera. But I would like to bring you into this conversation too in terms of where your stuff is, right? Where your sadness is or where your loneliness is or what it is that you might struggle with that has space here in the relationship. And so is that something that you bring forward equally? Is there room for that?
3: no and I, and i think that that's you know it's something that we've kind of talked about prior to this conversation and things like that so this isn't like news but it the way michelle like described like when i'm not feeling great or whatever i just need to be heard that's almost like a signal to me that i don't have room for you mm. it's like if if that's how the day starts is like announcement mm-hmm. of something that that is the struggle. Flo- flooding yeah. her mind or everything sure. else like that. Not only do I, you know, feel bad for what, you know, mm-hmm. what she's struggling with, but I also know that it's a, this is another day when my... Yeah,
1: you're, you, you interpret it, right? It goes sort of through the system and you say, ah, okay, there's no room yeah. for me. Okay, but what about if we take a good day? Mm-hmm. Are those the days that you bring forward your sadness or loneliness or struggle? Yes. Okay. She just nodded no, but...
3: Well... It's both. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't I'll just say there 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 over the years and struggles and having a young family and different things like that. I just feel like, yeah, the, the days when there's been more room mm-hmm. for everything like that have gotten less. Sure. And it was uh recently there was, you know, things going on in our life and and uh I'll say there was less anxious days going mm-hmm. on and there was a lot more things and I and I keep complimenting michelle in that i'm like during that time when you were really feeling good i was like you don't realize how naturally we started having really good conversations and naturally Mm -hmm. i just started being able to like talk and at night she was asking me more questions about myself and my Mm -hmm. feelings and there was actually like a a real interest in what i was saying and and what's going on um for me and uh whereas sometimes when i bring it up like i said it's kind of like it gets shut down pretty quick
0: okay
3: uh when i have tried you know to talk about you know my feelings or what's going on and things like that Mm -hmm. so
1: can you see some truth in that you can mm -hmm. you see where you shut it down
2: i see truth and you know when i'm in like a more clear-headed space a little lighter happier things are going well i obviously have more room for him and i'm like what's going on with you how Mm -hmm. was your day how's work what's you know mm-hmm. on your mind of course i do i definitely have more space for him when i'm not consumed with mm-hmm. whatever i'm consumed with over the course of our marriage it definitely was not the norm for dan to ever like share with me any anything negative that was on his mind everything was always great good even though it was a hard day. I don't want to bring it home. Everything's good. And I've always kind of wanted to hear what's really going on Mm because it just never felt like authentic. And I think it's like it's new that he's Mm -hmm. trying to express some emotion. And my experience with how it's recently with him trying to express emotion feels like finger-pointing at me, like, I'm feeling lonely because you mm-hmm. are doing this, this, and this. And so it's it's really hard for me to, I think he's struggling to express his emotion to me and what he's struggling with or feeling with because it typically feels like finger pointing because it's okay. my fault.
1: Okay. So when the focus is on all of your emotion, I think it becomes a distraction Actually, away from what maybe is just as important, or I'd even say like just like a different type of importance. Of course, what you're feeling is important, and when it's like okay, we have to solve this, right? it kind of moves us to okay, you're you're the issue, and your emotions are the thing we're trying to solve and solution. And what I'm hearing is an imbalance in the relationship that when you're focused on being the person who is solving and fixing and finding the solution, and how do I show up in this way in the best way that I can? Right. There's no room and space for your internal experience to come forward. Now, maybe it's starting to make a little bit more headway and it's trying to come out, but there's a, it's lopsided. Right, You're constantly in this place of trying to figure out how to meet you, right? And we have to figure out how to meet each other. You have an internal world that's full of lots of things too. Both of you do. You have lots of things going on, right? Like you said, yeah, like once you have kids, you have three children, you're always like, oh my goodness, you're right. Like the space and time that we have to be like, let me tell you all the things that are going on my in my life in between them doing all the things that they I know it shrinks of course right but we have to create a space where both of you have room for yourselves and for each other and it's it's off balance and you, you see that sure yeah and I want you to come up right that feels so important right that what is happening in your inner world needs to be understood and seen by her too Right? There needs to be connection there, and I think sometimes when it's just focused on all the stuff and there isn't room, and here, here are all the reasons why there isn't room for me. I, it, we started to veer down that path, right? It's like you've got your stuff, so there isn't room when you have your stuff, and then we have got children, so there isn't room r- revolving around them, right? It was like all of the reasons why Dan doesn't have space to bring his stuff forward, and we have to advocate for that. Right? We really do. So,
3: okay. Can
1: we try a little bit? Sure. All right. Do you want to close your eyes? If you want me to. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Just so you can be in your own experience and drop in. You can keep your eyes open if you want. Okay. Um, I'm speaking to Michelle here, Dan, is you might want to see him or just be in witness of, of him, okay? All right, so Dan, let's. Well, why don't we all take a, a breath in together? And then let it out. And then another one in. And maybe just open your mouth to let it out once you're there. What I'm feeling right now is... And that's for you, Dan.
3: <laughs> I like, I was just about to ask you that question. Yeah. I don't know. Right now I'm feeling... Well, I'm feeling heard. Mm-hmm. I've... I've always actually enjoyed couples therapy and I think like, cause I do think it's a good.
1: Let me, I'm going to pause you just so you oh. don't, so that you don't trail off. Okay. I mean, I'm feeling heard. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The experience of feeling heard is however, however, you describe it.
3: The experience of feeling heard is wonderful.
1: Okay. Yeah. Where I feel that wonderfulness in my body is where? Uh um, notice it right now in your body.
3: Like, I don't know. I guess my stomach yeah. and uh, yeah, like my inside, like it kind of mm-hmm. like getting to express myself, like settles my stomach. Like it, I feel like uh, I got that off my mind. I got that, whatever, and I can be a little bit more relaxed.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Maybe somewhere in that relaxation and wonderfulness and calm, that's that's in your core right now, and we'll just kind of like sift through it and. I want us to look for the sadness and the loneliness that also resides there. Can you find it? hmm Yeah, okay. And maybe we we'll just bring it forward here for a moment. Maybe just describe it to me in whatever way. Like Maybe it has a shape or a size or a color to it, or maybe it even wants to speak.
3: I guess... I don't know if I'm describing this correctly or whatever, but I guess it's more there's a fear that this is the only place that I'll get to express these feelings mm, right this, here right in here this in this time and we'll leave here mm. and like it'll it, mm-hmm. these types of conversations won't be able to happen or at least happen in the same neutral calm environment. Yeah. And
1: uh yeah it's
3: super protective. How wise, huh?
1: It's like, I'm not sure. I'm a little doubtful of coming fully out here because maybe this will feel good, but then maybe it'll feel bad later. And I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah. So maybe it's peeking around the corner. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Okay. Yeah. But let's see. Let's see if we can offer it a hand and, and allow it to to have a bit of space here. So, okay. My sadness is, don't overthink it. My sadness is
3: Hmm. My sadness is, I guess, not feeling loved for, like, my, the person that I am. Mm.
1: The person who I am is?
3: A person who tries hard. Mm. A person that never gives up. A person that really is far from perfect, but... We'll always do everything you can to to try to make a situation uh relationship business uh whatever work
1: mm. I want you to love me for say it again
3: I want you to love me for the true person that I am, not for only if i'm a certain a certain way
1: who I think you want me to be or the way I think you want me to be is
3: ever-changing meaning there always seems to be a lot of like i need you to do this or i need you to be this way or i need you to answer this certain way or say things a certain way and it's just kind of sad because i've gotten to the point where i don't really like i check my words before i say them Mm -hmm. like every time like answering like a question you know it's like oh i don't want to say the wrong thing i don't want to say something that's going to get a bad reaction or or anything like that so i try to whatever and i I feel like i'm not being my authentic self because i'm constantly trying to guide my answers to
1: not getting it right with you feels
3: i don't know unloved i guess yeah but it makes me feel that same thing where it's just like i'm not being loved for me. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, it's only if only if I'm a certain way. Yeah. It's the only way I can experience.
1: What I wish that you could see in me is not in relation to her. Just what I wish you could see in me is
3: I don't know. Mm-hmm. The just the good heart that I have. The person that Michelle fell in love with. the mm.
1: Sharing that is hard because saying that is hard because
3: because I think it it doesn't feel good to the person that I love.
1: Mm. You're worried about her.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. And try to put her down. Okay. Right. Just try to place her down. Stop holding her. Don't worry about her. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I did. I said it, but. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. But. Right, I, wanna, I want you to come only back into your own experience, right? Is it even through this right now, you're managing how she's going to take what you're saying, how you can say it in the best way. And what you're also saying here is, I just want to be authentic. I just, I don't want to have to think about exactly the way that I am saying all the things. right? I don't want to have to construct it, right? And so this is a really important moment for us, for you to not care about what her experience of this is right now. I know that sounds a little strange, but I've got her, okay? This is a safe space. Yeah, right? <laughs> 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 I've got her, and she's all right, right? Are you okay? hmm Yeah. I'm great. Yeah, you're doing okay, right? And so, yeah, we're going to try to... Just, come right back only to you. I've got her, okay? All right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, if my loneliness could speak to her, what it would want to say, authentic version. If my loneliness could speak to her directly, authentically, right? What it would say is.
3: That I want our our relationship, our family, and the two of us to be the only thing the the priority the number one thing mm.
1: stop stop what tell her stop spending your time what
3: stop spending your time away from mm. me stop spending your time mentally disconnected from me
1: okay what i want from you is
3: what i want from you is to realize that you can lean on me mm-hmm. positive negative anything mm-hmm. but with a with a connection with a desire to with a respect with a not in a way where i have to be a certain way or i have to answer a certain way or i have to do a certain thing but just in a way where you just want to like come in and mm-hmm. know that you chose the right partner that you chose somebody that you love that you chose somebody whatever and that's the person that you want to that you want to talk to that you want to open up to and together we'll solve any problem or come up with any anything going on.
1: Yeah, how I am, who I am. I I want it to be enough for you. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's couldn't have been said any better.
1: Yeah, I want it to be enough.
3: I want it to be enough. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a huge feeling. Yeah. I don't feel like enough. Yeah. Often.
1: Yeah, saying that feels
3: It feels good to say that, but pretty sad to hear that and feel that.
1: Let's take one last break. We'll be right back.
0: Addy! Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill for me? That's right. The little pink pill. And it's called Addy, A-D-D-Y-I, or Flavanserin. Learn more about the little pink pill at ADDYI.com. See full prescribing information and medication guide, including boxed warning regarding severe low blood pressure and fainting in certain settings at addy.com slash P-I or call 844-PINK-PILL. Good news, ladies. There's more. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.
1: Just take another breath Dan. just reconnect to where you are in this room, in this space. And you just slowly remember a couple people here and in a different room. Just before you open your eyes, just slowly reacclimate. I want to bring Michelle into this conversation. And just whenever you're ready, take your time. You want to look at her? Hi. How does it feel to gonna come back in here and and see her
3: I mean it feels feels great <laughs>
1: yeah okay how is that for you Michelle how was it for you to listen to him
2: I don't get to hear that a lot it's really hard to mm-hmm. get that deep with him mm-hmm. I like hearing that -hmm and I saw how hard it was for you to get there.
1: Yeah. Why'd you shake your head? You don't believe that?
3: I I believe wholeheartedly that she wants to get that deep, mm-hmm. that she wants to hear these things, that whatever. But the uh the reaction when there's not a uh a therapist in the room mm-hmm. is often very different.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: If I say things like I don't feel loved for the person that I am, or if I say Mm -hmm. something leading down that path, I don't want to speak for Michelle, but it's seen as a, as a threat to her. And it seems, you know, she, it's taken as she's doing something wrong Mm -hmm. and there's an immediate like fight back to like, I don't make you feel that way. That's not my fault. That's, that's your business. That's, that's. You know, for you to deal with in therapy, that's for you to do because I don't have anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard to like go deep and say these things because the reaction is not the same as it is right now.
1: Well, neither one of you wants to feel like you're getting it wrong with the other person or feel like you're sort of like failing at what the other person needs, right? Like it doesn't feel good, and mm-hmm. and maybe you, yeah, maybe you do respond in that way at times. I, maybe you can. He said, "I don't want to speak for you, um, so maybe you can speak for yourself." But when this when it happens, like, and maybe it doesn't happen exactly this way, like you said, I I do like to see this, but it's hard to you know, penetrate and and get in there. When it does happen outside of here, what do you notice within yourself, right? Because he's giving feedback to you. Feedback's hard for us, mm-hmm. right? For all of us. Right when it directly relates to us, I want to know where that feedback takes you.
2: I am definitely like hyper sensitive. If I sense like a criticism, obviously I was criticized my whole life. That's yeah. all I was used to. Every I was criticized for everything. I was too sensitive. I was too this. I was too that. Like. Mm-hmm. And so if I feel like it's a criticism towards me, like I don't feel loved because you do this, Mm -hmm. I can definitely get defensive Mm -hmm. about that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I guess that's the same for you, right? It's like when that feedback comes Back your way right it's it doesn't yeah whether it's defensiveness or shutting down or finding a solution right but the way that both of you are responding to the vulnerabilities that you're both sharing with each other is a disconnection from relationship right mm-hmm. yeah and that's listen it makes so much sense right when we get feedback from someone it's very hard to hold ourselves in high regard Very important practice though, right? Of like, how do I keep myself intact while my partner tells me something about how I am or am not showing up in this dynamic? It's hard sometimes to hold the, like there is, you are enough. And even in that enoughness, there can be things that we try to change, right? We have to, right? And that doesn't mean that You know, your authentic self is not good enough. It's because I think sometimes we merge those things that, okay, I just want to be me, right? And I want that to be enough. But in that there is also no space to create change or to show up differently without that being you know a chipping away at the authentic self and I think we have to reframe that is that you know who I am at my core right who capital s self is right can can remain and also part of this is figuring out what the dance is for us to move in a way together that is actually supportive what tends to happen is I give you feedback about you and then you have to go into your own internal world to self-protect. And the moment you go towards self-protection, you move away from relational protection. Right? I can no longer be connected to what you're saying. I can't hear you. I can't hold this space actually authentically. I can't do it because I need to be taking care of me in this moment. I need to protect myself. Again, whether it's by defending, whether it's by shutting down, whether it's by looking for solutions, whether it's combating what you're saying and telling you why your perspective is wrong and my perspective is right, whether it's invalidating your feelings and telling you why you shouldn't feel that way, whatever it might be, right? But we jump into that space first, most of us. And so it's imperative that we are able to hold ourselves up so that we can stay connected to the relationship and to the other. Okay, easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's the challenge? In this moment, I need to protect myself from what? Whatever. Take a, any example. We don't need to work through it like the content of the example here, but like anything that comes to mind, what are you protecting? That I'm a good enough person for you? What? What are you trying to self protect?
2: I'm trying to self protect that. I can have all different emotions and be all different ways and still be lovable.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen, we know that's the irresolution from the past, right? Mom could not hold any of my emotional experience. And I'm looking for someone who can hold this range, whether it's the light, easy, fun, pleasurable stuff, or whether it's the depths of it that is hard and rocky and maybe not so easy to be around all the Mm -hmm. time, right? But I want to know and experience with someone I love and feel loved by that there is room for that, right? Right. Yeah. What's there for you right now?
2: I spent many years of our marriage feeling like something was wrong with me because i would have these ups and downs and mm-hmm. different things and i would always feel like every all the shit hits the fan when i'm not good so mm-hmm. i would put on a good face mm-hmm. a lot of pretending just fake it till you make it like yeah. and i'm not i don't want to do that anymore i want i want to feel authentic yeah. too like right. i'm truly not having a good day i'm truly struggling yeah. and i want to feel loved through that yeah yeah when's the last time you
1: felt that the like the really hard day, the the not so great stuff kind of bubbling up. maybe it's a recent example. Um,
2: recent and there's been like glimmers in our mm. relationship where he's able to show up, me love me, support me, mm-hmm. and just be there. Mm-hmm. And I've realized like the more that that happens, the easier it is for me to move past whatever.
1: (laughs) Sure, Yeah, okay, but find something. What are you struggling with? Maybe it's not today, but what's, like, something that's there that's a little bit messy?
2: Oh, I guess for me personally, like, (laughs) I've been a stay-at-home mom for a long time, and now Mm. I'm trying to, like get out and work a little bit. So Mm -hmm. like a lot of shifting in our relationship, the dynamics and Mm -hmm. just feeling like I'm not exactly in the place where I want to be. I want to have more for me. Mm -hmm. So with just that like struggle, we talk a lot about that and that's been just a little sticky trying to figure out how we can make that happen and do it together and figure out the logistics and just... Mm -hmm like how important it is for me to feel fulfilled in things outside of what has been my major yeah. role and responsibility in our family for the past 12 years. Yeah, okay,
1: and how do you code that? Is there anything about that that moves you into a place where you want to self-protect?
3: Not the situation itself. Okay. Like I said, I just, like, I, I, I would say this is definitely a, a good example. I mean, this is one of those things where, We're more or less in complete agreement Mm -hmm. with, I'm excited for Michelle. I'm excited that she wants an, you know, a new to change up, you know, what she's doing and wants to be out in the, more in the working world and, you know, wants to transition away from, you know, being the stay at home mom and do everything.
1: What scares you about it? You're a very good cheerleader. Yeah. No, Really? Oh, thank you. You're a very good rah. cheerleader. Ra, rah. Yeah. No, seriously. It could go on and on and on no. about all the... But come back. What scares you about her wanting to do something for herself? She, you guys have kids. There's, She's already split in all of these different ways. Now she's going to go do something for herself. Great. The part of you that's like, hell yeah, I'm cheering for you. Go for it. You, what scares you about it? Nothing. I'm going to challenge the heck out of that.
3: You can't... Well, I, may, maybe something does. I just... Uh, maybe I need to think about it more. But...
1: What happens if she's gone more? Day. What happens if she's busier other places? What happens if she's juggling one more thing?
3: The... At first, Michelle was going go, was going back to school like a year or so ago, and... Mm-hmm. Doing like that, and I will say, hundred percent, I, I felt that there was number one, there was a big kind of disconnect with us, mm-hmm. relationship wise, and in between feeling that and her wanting to, you know, do something new, it just felt like she was pulling further and further away, mm-hmm. and that, you know, scared the, the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And at the time, and I, and I did yeah. express that.
1: I feel more um, disconnected from you.
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. That being said when she was so busy between school and balancing things and, and needing to be very organized and plans, it ended up being the greatest thing. Like it ended relationship wise was a real. Okay. It it reminded me of the great times that we've had in our past. And it reminded me of these. We started having great conversations. We started having really like good things. I felt really connected. Mm -hmm. I felt really like she felt, even though more time was gone, mm-hmm. I, our time was was more quality time. Amazing. So when you're saying, when, why I said nothing scares me about this transition is the fact is, is that I'm now very excited for the transition. I'm excited for this thing because I, I do feel like it's going to lead to more of that. I feel like Michelle finding herself in that world and doing this new thing is actually going to be a big connection for us. Maybe. Maybe.
1: I love that you can find your way to what came of this that was beautiful and maybe surprising actually. And you are also denying a part that it has to exist in the unknown because you don't know. The the part that is unsure. Maybe we're going to have better conversations for the rest of our lives. Right? Maybe because we're <laughs> overscheduled, we'll get better at, you know, connecting and making the time that we do have together more quality time. Mm. Maybe. Okay. And also, maybe we might be more disconnected. And also, maybe I might feel less prioritized because here's one more thing on the list of all the things that we have going on that's going to take your time and attention away. Maybe. I don't know. But maybe. Okay. And I think we have to, in the space of the unknown... I love that you're not just hanging out in we are going to be disconnected and it's going to be the worst thing in the world. I love that there is this part of you that's able to say, hey, from this past experience, I feel really good. This was so nice for us, right? But if we deny the part that might be scared about what could happen, right, then we're shutting that part down, right? Then we are ignoring it and we are rejecting it and we're saying, go to your room, go under your bed, don't come out. You don't, there's no room for you here. There has to be room for it here. The possibility. It's just a possibility. We don't know. It hasn't been lived out yet. But to be able to pull that and put it on the table to say, hey, I am so thrilled for this chapter of your life, which I can feel from you. I'm excited for you. I want you to do this. I see all the valuable parts to it, right? And I am hoping. Right? That it makes our time together quality time. That we get to like really get to the point of things and really ask ourselves really important questions and connect in that way. But guess what? It also really scares me that you're going to be busier. That you're going to have another thing pulling at your attention. That it might be another thing on your list that could potentially cause you stress or cause anxiety or cause any type of difficult stuff for you. And that scares me. right? Because I don't want to be disconnected from you. I want to be connected to you. And when we only focus on, well, yeah, here's the the trail, and, and it's going to lead us to connection. I'm, I'm going to only hold that as the possibility. Right, That is the denial of the part that is actually afraid of it not leading to that.
3: Completely agree with you. I really do. In you describing that, I've just realized that, like, like so... When not, not in this situation, but in a million other situations like this. If I make that sort of statement, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? If I ever say anything that is the not. Could go wrong. Could yeah. go wrong. Like, like, like once again, I'm, I'm really good with it. Leave with a positive uh-huh. and, you know, talk about, it. I'm You're real good, good the at The lo- it. I love sandwich yeah. technique. I'm uh-huh. great. I'm great with it. <laughs> sandwich technique, only here's the negative. Mm-hmm. Michelle has a tendency to, to hear that, make assumptions on that forget about the positive stuff that I said and only hear the bad thing and then tell me later on and be like, no, you didn't really mean that you want me to go to work. You don't really want me to do this because you're worried that it's yeah. going to be more disconnected. And she only hears the negative and throws it back at me for that. So then it makes it really hard to ever have a true discussion about that. Yep.
2: Because I follow.
3: I'm not, I, once again, the mm-hmm. truth is, is that I'm fully supportive of this. The truth is, is that I am excited about it. The truth is that. all of that. Yeah. Now the fear might be there, but if I express that, uh, it's, it either changes the way she yeah. acts and you've
1: learned to shut it down. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's, that's the problem. And I'm going to come back to you because I think that maybe there is a difference between the negative versus the fear. And listen, maybe you don't do a good job of if he were to say, whether you use your sandwich technique or not, <laughs> even if you were to lead with your fear, even if you didn't paint it with something beautiful that could happen, right? If he came to you with, I'm scared of, right? is that something that you're going to be able to hold or not hold?
2: I think exactly what you just said. A lot of times I don't get the feeling from him, like I'm scared I, and he did say the other day. I feel like you might just want to leave me. Like mm-hmm. you're you're done being home. You want to go out into the world. Mm-hmm. You're going to forget about us, and you want to go do your own thing. And I'm like, that is not what I want at all. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, I love my husband. I love my family, my kids more than anything. I just want a little something for mm-hmm. me outside of that. Where. I think he gets tripped up in trying to express himself is a lot of times his feelings come out as, well, did you think about this? And how are we going to handle that? And Mm -hmm. how are the kids going to get home? And what if this? Or what if that? And I'm like, wow, you're listing a lot of negatives. And that makes me feel like you don't want me to do this. And in our relationship, the dynamic has always been, he knows better. I don't know anything. He needs to point out logistically how things are going to work and that has shifted mm-hmm. starting to try to shift but okay this is very good what you're pointing out okay and i, I don't
1: want to get too off track I, maybe you disagree with something that she just said but, <laughs> <laughs> but that, let's let's hold that vulnerability will sometimes circle around it by presenting the what i call the distractions What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? This could go wrong. That could go wrong, right? And so instead of just saying, I'm afraid, I'm going to miss you, whatever it might be, we point to all of those things instead, okay? And maybe, yeah, we could see that a little bit? Sure. Okay, yeah. And look, I know that this is not, once you walk out of here, we're not uh, like, okay, and we're going to operate this way perfectly. But we have to bring the awareness to it because what is missing is the part that so wants to be able to come for you. I want my authentic part to be able to be here. I want there to be room for it. There needs to be room for it. And you've also learned through experience in this relationship, through your family system, right, all the things, to deny it, to put it away, to tuck it, just get it away from here. There's no room for it. And it's been, like, it's confused because I think we have to be more nuanced with it there is room for it. You don't know that yet. And it might not even feel safe enough for you to bring it forward yet, right? And so... We don't have to force that, but we do have to find a way to start to pull it in and to move the distractions because those are the things that are irritating to her, right? Oh, here's this exciting thing in my life, and now you're pointing out all of the things that that could possibly go wrong or the problems that we have now associated with it. It doesn't feel good for people, right? But you, your heart, what you are afraid of is so important. It is the most important thing here. It is so important. Hear me when I say that. Who's going to pick up the kids? I know we care about the kids. and We want them to get picked up. I don't care about who's picking up the kids. Your heart is what matters here. You saying that I am scared of something matters here. And her being able to hold that and hear that is necessary. She must. If she doesn't, then you come back and we'll have another. (laughs) right. But she must learn how to hold that. But if you sprinkle it in, With, but who's going to do this? And well, how are we going to get out of the door? And how then it moves it away from your heart? It's up here, it's the logistics, which are important, but they're not important for the two of you connecting, right? They're not important for the two of you connecting. It's a protective attempt at blocking what is actually there. for fear that she might reject it, for fear that maybe she might even say, you're right, I want to get out of here, which she's saying she doesn't, but who knows? Maybe you're afraid of hearing that. Yeah, I'm like, need to breathe again, whatever. And so this is about the two of you. And I know we came in and we were first focused on you. okay? But it's the same thing, right? How can we learn to hear and bring forward what is authentic and vulnerable within both of us, right? How do we put the distractions down so that you and I can actually connect in what's being shared here? How can I remind myself or each other, right, to like notice what self-protective thing is showing up in this moment? Can we collaboratively put that down So that we can focus on the relationship and each other again. And so one thing that you actually might do is when this gets stirred up, whatever it might be, you might say, okay, before we go further, what are you noticing in terms of self-protection coming up? Name it. Put it on the table. Write it down. Say it to each other. I want to protect myself by telling you why you're wrong, disagreeing with you focusing on the logistics, whatever. I want to protect myself right now in this moment because, right? And just put it out into the world. Say it out loud to each other. Right? And then see if you can place it down and see if you can come back into connecting to the vulnerability that is there, right? Both of you are trying to figure out how your range of emotion, even though it looks different from both of you, but how your range of emotion can be held and cared for and prioritized and loved by each other. Yours looks different than his, right? Your range of emotion presents differently, your packaged differently, but you still have a range of it.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It might not have as much of the highs or the lows in in terms of like its presentation outwardly. Yeah. But what's happening inside, it's the same. Okay doesn't matter. And so that's it. Both of you want to bring your authentic self. And that's why I almost don't want you to do your sandwich technique. And I I almost want you to just bring your vulnerability forward only. And not through the distractions, right? Your pure vulnerability, both of you, right? So I want you to do it right now. When you think about her starting the job, more focused time on self. I don't want to hear any of the good stuff. I don't want to hear any about what you're excited about for her. I don't care about that. I want you to connect to one thing that you are afraid of having happen that is related to you. And I want you to look at her, and I want you to look at him, and I want you to tell her what that is. One sentence, no frills, no nothing else. So think about what you want that sentence to be. And then whenever you're ready, you tell it to her. What I'm scared of is, you tell her.
3: The disconnect. Look at her. The disconnect and not feeling loved. Look at her. The disconnect. Nope, you're still not. The disconnect and not feeling loved between while you are going through this transition.
1: I'm scared of.
3: I'm scared of feeling alone. Period. Period. Okay. Period.
1: Comma, semicolon. What semicolon, you got? something.
3: <laughs> Truly not about the job itself. Truly about the logistics and. Delete. The- delete. 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 Pause. I agree with you. I, just, yeah, I, just yeah, want, yeah. I, I want to make it clear. She
1: knows. <laughs> no, Everybody, I don't know if she does. She? she do you know?
2: Yes.
3: The, I, don't, I don't want to feel it. I'm, I'm not talking yeah. about feeling I disconnected. I think he was
2: shaking his head before because around this specific topic, he did not say, oh, what about this? What about that? But in the past, uh-huh. there's a lot of what you said, the distractions, no, which no, make, no. It makes me feel like, so do you not want me to do that? Like, so I understand it's, that, it's that you're distracting I do from want you to do it. His, I got it. I like hearing right. what you're trying to get. Which is his yeah. his feelings yeah. and not the other stuff.
1: Yeah, great. So I understand though you want her to do it, go for it, mm-hmm. and also, right. and also I'm afraid of feeling alone.
3: Of feeling alone. Yeah. Okay. Now, not then. Now.
2: What yeah. do you mean now, not then? Sorry, I was confused. That's that.
3: what I'm trying to point out. Like, I'm I, feeling alone in the 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 workup to you finding your next stage of life going to your next job and everything else like that it's that it's the this is a topic that brings up anxiety in you and when you have anxiety i feel very much alone
2: hearing that feels hearing that
1: feels hold yourself up this is what i was talking about he just gave you a piece of feedback right so pull yourself up Mm -hmm. okay you don't have to take that personally i know always harder right but just maybe there's a truth there that when i am feeling anxious about something and maybe trying to find the next chapter and the job and all it might might actually uh, activate some anxiety within you is that fair
2: Oh, me? Yes.
1: Okay, great. So like, yes, a truth. (laughs) Great. Let's put that over here. Fine. Thank you for telling me something that I already know, right? And that when I become anxious, when I exist in that space, yes, it is also harder for me to connect with you or I am less available. Maybe you do feel lonely. Yeah, fair? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what then? That doesn't make you bad. That doesn't make you a failure. What are you hearing inside of your head?
2: I enjoy hearing about his feelings and having the focus be kept on himself Mm -hmm. when he's communicating with me. Mm -hmm. And if he were to share that with me, I would say I understand how he could feel anxious about the unknown, mm-hmm. anxious about me wanting to be Tell out. Him. I understand how you could feel anxious about the unknown about me wanting to be out in the world and what that means for you or us or our family and no.
3: That was the point I was trying to make like I really don't have a I don't have a, that that's not my that's not my fear like that, that part of it, like the, the, you being out on your own, the you doing your own thing, you doing whatever, that's the part that, that once again, right, right or not Mm -hmm. gives me some excitement. Mm -hmm. It gives me, it gives me some, that part I'm looking forward to the getting there, the day-to-day process between now and then, and the disconnect because of how much, pressure you put on yourself to make these decisions or help you need or Mm -hmm. you know different things like that that's what makes me feel disconnected i'm excited for the end part i'm excited for once we have our life set up in in some way this next chapter whatever it is that's the part that excites me but to get there and when things like this have happened in the past to get there there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of disconnect that i feel where i feel completely unimportant and like you're dealing with that and focused on that and focused on that. And there's no more, mm. there's no time for family.
1: Does that feel clearer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to say anything to that?
2: Again, that's where I just feel like we need to figure out a better way to just feel connected in life. Mm-hmm. I feel like he always has these goals. Things will be better when she works because I've seen in the past she was happier when she works. So I just want to get to that goal, whatever I need to do to support her to get working because it will benefit me because she'll be happier. She'll be less stressed. I agree with him. I don't feel connected in the process. Yeah, We don't know the future right now.
1: We might have some guesses of it, okay? But I think, you know, and you had said it before, which I think was a good shift into now, Right now, that's the only focus we should be having, right? Is right now, I want to feel we need to find a way to feel more connected to each other in this moment. And then when there is a next moment, it's the same question. Mm -hmm. And once you get to the job, it's the same question, right? Like, I think you're trying to be supportive and positive about like, yeah, once you get there, it's going to be great. And maybe we'll be. We also just don't know. And so we have to just kind of pull it back in and be Right here. And right here, we're still saying the same thing, right? I'm afraid of being alone, feeling lonely in this process. I would like to be connected to you. I want to feel connected to you too. I want to be able to share my range of emotion, right? And so, again, I know that there's a lot of layers to this and there's more work to be done around this for sure. But this is a very important conversation for us to have in maybe seeing the dynamic and what each of you maybe does in this space that could shift slightly without that being associated with you being bad or wrong or not good enough, right? That, like, I need to bring my vulnerability forward, period, right? I need to keep pulling myself back in to allow my range of emotion to present. And, yeah, maybe we have to work on being able to tolerate What is there from each other, right? How can I stay connected to you instead of disconnecting from you in this moment to protect myself, right? So lots to that. We're going to come to a pause here, but I will see if either of you has anything you want to say or anything that feels, you know, I know that there's open pieces here for sure. But if there's anything that feels present for either one of you right now before we end, just want to open that up.
3: I want to say thank you. I enjoyed the session. Yeah. And I also, I really enjoyed the part when I got to close my eyes and and open up a little bit and be forced to not change my words or try to make something sound good and just be able to actually express myself Mm -hmm. and, and be heard. It felt good.
1: Good. Good.
2: Yeah, I agree. It was helpful to talk about these things. And I think... We both realize like sometimes the things that we do distract from what's really happening. You know, mm-hmm. like when I'm anxious and stressed, it's really like sometimes sadness and fear, and I mm-hmm. just want to hug. Yeah. But it comes out as I something don't know, else. anger, something else, controlling the situation. And mm-hmm. like when the vulnerability comes, that's when yeah. the connection happens. Yeah. For us.
1: Right. Imagine if instead of that, Presenting what you said was, can I just have a hug? Yeah. I imagine right if we just moved both of you into the vulnerability, what would what would actually happen there? And this isn't about going from like how you operate now to always only being like, may I have a hug? And here's what I'm really scared of. This is looking for one moment, right, to replace it. Just one. Even if out of every 10, you only get it once, good, right? Notice it, look for it, find it, ask each other. Give me your vulnerability. What do you actually want? What do you actually need? Mm-hmm. And see if you can start to encourage yourselves and each other to move into that space little by little. We can't just do these like macro jumps, right? Mini, baby, micro Things that we can start to shift just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me today. Mm -hmm. Such an honor to be in conversation with both of you. Appreciate you guys being here.
2: Thank you, too. Thank you.
1: When this couple came in, the focus is really on Michelle. You probably heard that. She's got this range of emotion and how can we make space for it? And what can Dan do to successfully meet her where she is? And yes, of course, this is an important question to ask. But obviously what you heard was this shift to making space For Dan, too, right? the shift to, well, hold on, this is actually not going to become resolved if we're only focused on how Dan is going to meet Michelle in this space. Dan has a lot going on in his internal world, too, and we need to be able to prioritize that and bring both of these parts forward. As you heard, Dan has a tendency to distract away from his vulnerability and like really avoid making space for himself, something he says that his father struggled to do as well, right? There's this part that is familiar there. I got the sense that neither one of them does fully trust that the other can hold space for what's being brought forward. And That's a muscle that needs to be developed and strengthened because what their experiences are, it has given them data that I can't trust you to do this well. right? I can't trust that I can bring myself fully forward in this authentic way and that there will be room and safety and security for me to share that with you and that where it will go from there is valuable and supportive and connective. One of the most important things here is the shift from personal protection, right? The protection of self to relational protection. This is so important for them and probably you too. Easier said than done, obviously. But this idea that when somebody's giving feedback, when somebody is bringing something forward, oftentimes what is being brought forward can feel very threatening to the self. Right? What's going to happen to me? What are you saying about me? I need to defend, protect, distract from in some way. And so, this shift to how can I hold myself while also staying connected to the relationship and connected to you is such an important question. And maybe for you, as the listener, for you to explore in what ways you navigate and respond to feedback. Is the way or the path that you go? Something that is self-protective that moves you away from the relationship? Or is there a way for you to stay connected to the relationship in that space too? These two have a lot to work on and with, but I think we're taking beautiful steps in the right direction of making sure that the vulnerability comes forward and isn't distracted by all of the other things that can move either one of them away from what they actually want to say. I hope what you heard today was helpful. If you like the show, tell your friends and loved ones to listen. It would also mean so much to me if you could rate and review This Keeps Happening on Apple Podcasts. This Keeps Happening is hosted by me, Vienna Farren. This episode was produced by Anita Flores. Our engineers are Jared O'Connell and Brendan Burns. Our theme music is by Casey Holford. Our managing producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana from Stitcher Studios, Keith O'Connell, and Will Rogers from Soundbite Entertainment. Stitcher.
0: Addy. Hey, did you know there's a little pink pill? Wait, a what? A little pink pill? Did you say a little pink pill? Yes, the little pink pill. You definitely need to know about this. Are you for real? Just to be clear, you're telling me there's a little pink pill?